we're recording now. I'm so tempted every time it comes up with that because it gives you two options. It says got it or leave meeting. And I come very close to doing leave meeting. when you. So when that. I hit record, you actually just want to leave the meeting? Part of me does. I don't really blame you. It's a, it's a lot to be like on camera and yeah. presentable. Like, yeah. I don't know if we'd call this presentable, but <laughs> I know I'm wearing camera. a shirt from like high school just so that you could see it. Peace, love, cake, pops, and Hollis. Shout out to Miss Nick's class. Why? 2012? She, why 2011? Did, why did she let us do that? I put, don't know. Put Hollis on there? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's um uh, it's unknown. I also I also included Hollis Paul in my senior year English presentation. Yeah, we were weird. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like talking about the University of Michigan and like going through all their programs and I brought up psychology and I didn't know what a picture of psychology would be. So I did Hollis Paul because she famously taught psychology. at. These are some deep cuts that only John Glenn students will know. So if you're not from John Glenn, we apologize, but you missed out on a great education. But even with that, we still haven't done the (laughs) intro. So what's up, lovers and haters, and welcome to episode 48 of I Love It Here, I Hate It Here. My name is Connor, and I'm joined today by an ageless wonder who sunburns from flash photography from twitch.tv slash Mavis tweaking. It's Steven. <laughs> These your ageless, I, it's your ageless wonder because you don't you don't have sunburns. You've, you don't uh, you don't tan. So your skin's always going to be super soft and ageless. Yeah. And then I get sunburned from flash photography. Flash so photography. Thank you for that. It's like I hate being bullied. That's actually why it's, we're ending the podcast. I called you an ageless wonder. You're like the Tom Brady of the class of 2013. <laughs> we're ending Don't the age. podcast because HR has gotten a few complaints from Connor's behavior. So our human resources department decided to actually end us. I wish we had an HR department. <laughs> what if we did? Uh, what if we what if we put a like an indeed um posting for people to work for us? Yeah. It's, a, it's an unpaid internship, 40 we hours a week. We should do that. Unpaid internships. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We are so awesome. I have, I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you ever been ghosted? Yes. Yeah. You mean by somebody just stops texting you, right? Yeah. Like, or stops like emailing you back or like just stops talking to you because I've got ghosted twice in like the last two weeks. Is it considered ghosted if she doesn't ever acknowledge you exist? It's considered ghosting if you reached out to two different apartment complexes and they were contacting you and saying, hey, we'll let you come tour. And then when it comes time to tour, you ask them what time to stop by and they ghost you. And then the guy emails you a week later, says, hey, what time do you want to stop by? And then you reply. And then he ghosts you again. And then the same week he says, oh, sorry, what's up now? And then you tell him another time and he ignores you again. So that's what I meant by ghosting. Oh, okay. I was going to say because I've been ghosted by companies <laughs> that I've interviewed with before where they're like, yeah, you'll, you'll hear back in three weeks. Right. That you don't sucks. hear back. No, I was strictly talking ghosting from potential living, finding an apartment. Oh, not partners, not partners or no. jobs, but from living in an apartment. Correct. I've been ghosted by a lot of jobs. All the ones that I one click applied to on LinkedIn that never got back to me. Yeah. And then sometimes three years down the line, you'll get rejected for a job that you forgot you applied for. I like that um, part from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where Cousin Eddie shows up and he's been unemployed for like seven years. And uh, Clark or somebody asked the wife, like, so is he working? She's like, no, he's, you know, he hasn't been working for seven years. He, he says he's holding out for a management position. <laughs> I like to imagine that you were applying for like senior executive at right. Morgan Stanley <laughs> or software developer with no experience. I was, like, I was, I was. You should, yeah. you should have written your cover letters. Like I'm a really quick learner. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll learn the programming language on the job. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. 
I was applying yeah. for like CEO, uh, executive president of finances, all that stuff that I'm not qualified for. You ever see Goodwill Hunting? That scene where um, Will has Ben Affleck's character go in for an interview instead of him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a complete fool. Uh, you want me. And I'm just saying your chances of having would be significantly improved if uh, I had another $300 in my pocket right now. <laughs> the guys who were interviewing him are like, what? And they like open their wallets and Ben Affleck takes the money and he does this stupid line. Like he's like, yeah, keep, keep your ear to the grindstone. They have that scene in there for a That movie's so good. Reason. That movie is just so good. It's a classic. My favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Speaking of movies, I got a question for you. So yes. I like a few things on Facebook, that are like Harry Potter related. And then if you like, like a post that has people from Harry Potter, the algorithm puts more recommended Harry Potter stuff in your like okay. feed. Yeah. And so one of them said it's October oh, time. Really? You know what that means? And it was pictures of Harry Potter. Do you think that Harry Potter is like a Halloween movie? You know, I don't. I don't typically think of it as a Halloween movie, but I don't ever think of Harry Potter in the summer. I think it is yeah. more of like a fall time, even winter. Because I, think yeah, I was going to say, I think if I had to put it toward like a holiday theme, I think it would be Christmas because they have like the Christmas scenes they have. Yeah. And they're going to um, they're going to Hogsmeade, I think, where it's in like the snow and stuff. Yeah, and they go home for Christmas and all that stuff with the winds, uh, Weasleys and all that stuff. So, I wouldn't think that it would like. I get the fall feeling. Yeah, but for sure. this for post sure. was like specifically about it being Halloween, and I was like, I don't think I agree with that. I also don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's a Halloween movie. I think it's a fall movie. Yeah, which are believe it or not, two different things. Yeah, a whole series, but I would classify the whole series more as like Christmas element. But speaking of Halloween movies, a couple weeks ago, Stephen, you expressed an interest that you might want to start watching uh slasher slash horror movies what what's the progress on that i haven't done that yet um i instead watched a move or like a short series called midnight mass which is like a no no sort of like horror thriller series on netflix which is by uh, the same guy who's done haunting of blind manor and haunting of hill house i think if you've seen both of those i saw half of the hill house one Mm-hmm. I haven't watched the other one, so I'm probably going to circle back and watch those again. Ooh, circle back. Just like in an email. Can, can we table that and circle back to it later on? <laughs> um, <laughs> Love it. Anyway, but I watched Midnight Mass, which was very solid. It was very creepy. And uh, I'm still trying to process what I watched because in the last like two episodes, there's a lot that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like religious affiliated because Midnight Mass, obviously Mass, it's about like Easter and the resurrection and stuff like that. Right. Um, but that was pretty good. I haven't watched Halloween yet. That, I was going to do that this weekend, but I've had my nose buried in textbooks and articles for... That's like, where he does the lines of cocaine is off of his textbook. Exactly. That's yeah. why his nose is buried in there. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. That's how I, I do my studies. But yeah, <laughs> I've been up to my ears. I had three papers yeah. for the same class due within a six day period. That told about 18 pages in total. What what's with that? What's the the nerve of that teacher? And I had three like 20 page chapters to read for the book and then three scholarly articles. And then I had to do my own research and stuff and interview somebody all in like six days. So, you know, you didn't interview me. Who did you interview? I interviewed my boss's boss at Oakland because I had to I had to interview like a higher education practitioner and she's the director of like advising and stuff. So I interviewed her and it was very fantastic conversation. Did you dress up for it? I dressed in jeans and a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, probably, I, had a, probably I, had, not... I had a polo on. Jeans and a polo. Okay, that changes it. That's a lot. And the polo had different. like our logo on it, so even better. Wow. Okay. 
Yeah. I'm, Wait, but, is this a picture from your? Are you wearing that in your picture on I'm Facebook? I'm wearing the polo in my picture on Facebook. Yeah. That's a really good picture of you. Thank I don't you. know if we've talked about that yet, but that's probably like a like a not a top tier picture of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I would. I, I do. I do want to. Wow. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out. I was at a surprise birthday party yesterday. And not a surprise anymore. You just told everybody. Surprise. Uh, and frequent listener Tessa Lepic was there. And she, I was wearing white jeans and they're a little bit longer than usual. And I saw that she had her pants rolled up. And I was like, can you, can you, can you teach me how to do that? So she rolled up my pant legs and she said, are you going to talk about that on the podcast? So Tessa, if you're listening, this is me talking about it on the podcast just for you. So thank you. You were for wearing that. white jeans. Are you part of the Backstreet Boys? Backstreet Boys. Are you on the, back. Are you right, on the bam, cover of bam, the bam, CD from Millennium? Yeah. My, my first CD I ever owned. Uh, no. They're I'm wearing not. all white. And that's really cool. I wanted to wear white jeans and I should not have worn them to like a setting in which it would be like a bonfire setting because yeah. they can get dirty pretty quickly and I didn't. Um, foresee that happening so they're in the wash now but they'll be fine they they survived you ever hear of the saying don't wear white after labor day yeah but i don't like to follow the rules me being a dumb dumb person i've i went through way too much of my life thinking well when does it reset because i just thought like what labor day did we decide we're never wearing white again because i didn't realize it resets at in january oh like january 1st it resets yeah so like i didn't know that labor day like September, october november december you Why don't is wear it even- white you know where I first ever heard that rule, don't wear white after Labor Day? Mm, leapfrog. Nope. The Dukes of Hazard movie with Jessica Simpson. What? <laughs> um, what's his Johnny name? Johnny Knoxville and Sean William Scott? Yeah. And your favorite movie from they're 2004? In, they're in jail and Burt Reynolds, I think, goes in there in a white suit and then he leaves and he's like, you don't wear white after Labor Day. I, I always thought that was funny, but I never knew the context behind it until I got older. As somebody who has infamously rated dodgeball and maybe bench warmers five stars on letterbox no okay but it seems like it'd be in your wheelhouse if you like dodgeball i would expect the dukes of hazard remake with johnny knoxville and sean william scott and jessica simpson to be at least a four star on your it'd be like a two really dodgeball is a classic comedy that i quote all the time from a young age through and i watch with my sister so there's sentimental value so i kind of put that into my rating for it Mm. that's why like other things are five stars like but I don't have the same feeling with bench warmers, which would probably be like, like if I'm legitimately rating them, dodgeball would probably be like a three mm-hmm. and bench warmers would be like a two. Bench warmers is really rough. Yeah, it's not I watched great. That ago. And then the Johnny Knoxville, it'd be like 1.5. Like it's not great at all. Uh, speaking of high ratings, though, I watched um, I watched uh, a movie that I think you might. I mean, you probably wouldn't have liked it before you went on this this quest of watching scary movies but they're on amazon prime it's included right now is john carpenter's a thing from 1982 i posted on instagram asking people to like recommend horror movies and quite a few people said the thing my dad rented it from family video when my brother and i were i i was probably nine so my brother was maybe seven and it was so scary that we barely got through 15 minutes 20 minutes of it uh before we hid behind the couch and so my mom was really mad at my dad for that but (laughs) i went back and much like i did with et when i was in middle school going back and kind of reclaiming that i did that with a thing and i just have to say that is an astonishing movie yeah really 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 good especially if it's on amazon i mean ease of access for that ease of access kurt russell has one of the defining beard hair combos i've ever seen okay it's exceptional even better than him in guardians even better. Uh, okay. 
he's not as funny as he is in Gardens. Gardens, he's hilarious. Right, but he's got the beard and the hair combo. The beard and hair combo, I would still, I would say he needed it for the thing. I don't know if you know the plot of the thing. It's in Antarctica, so he it was a necessity that he had that warmth. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so I would highly recommend that movie. All right, um, I'll check it out. Anything else we need to talk about? No, we've done about 12 minutes on BS that probably nobody cares about. So we can get into our albums. I mean, even which also whole... people don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> you recommended uh, Miramasa, Miramasa. By Miramasa, who is again like a UK. He was born on a UK island, uh, does like, a, I guess, electronic house kind of music, and he has a lot of good features. Yeah. I've never uh, heard of this individual before you recommended this. Yeah. So I found. Uh, this song called Lovesick with ASAP Rocky because ASAP Rocky's been a, kind of a big name for a while. And from there, I was like, wow, this is pretty good. And then I started listening to other music from him. And there's a designer feature. I don't like designer, but the feature on here called All Around the World is pretty, pretty fun. I had a note on here that said designer is the Walmart version of future. If I close my eyes and listen to All Around the World, I would have thought it was future. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I don't love, I don't <laughs> like designer. I want to be clear. Did I don't either. Panda? Yeah. Panda? Okay. I don't like future at all. I don't like don't like future at all. At all. Yeah, I agree. But what about? Did you listen to Helpline? I don't know. I you did. Be... I listened to all of it. I don't remember all of the names. I've actually heard "What If I Go." I think oh, I've yeah, heard that song yeah. before. Firefly. Uh, Lovesick was good. Firefly was good. Most of the tracks sounded like it'd be in like a Euro club. Yes, hundred percent. I think that the song "Blue," like the concluding track, was a very good wrap up of everything. But they definitely had like a Euro centric sound to them. I mean. If you listen to music, you can kind of tell like where sounds are from, kind of tell where Southern hip hop production is and New York and all of that stuff if you listen. And so, I mean, knowing that the artist is also from the UK makes a lot of sense for it to I sound discovered Euro. Lovesick um, actually from a, I was at, a, I was at a, a club in Athens one night and this song came on and I did that thing with the iPhone. I had like an iPhone 5 at the time. Yeah. Hey Siri, what's this song? And you just put it up like that. Oh, she's oh. listening right now. Yeah, she's listening. And that's actually how I found it. So shout cool. out to Athens. Also thought I was going to die there. Wow. that's You want to elaborate on that more or expand on that? No, I, I, I actually wouldn't. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, near maybe, death Maybe offline I'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, so yeah, mine was Miramasa. You had, you know, I think we've done a good job of balancing albums that nobody knows like nobody knew what whack world was until you brought it up and whack world is still very good it was solid but this time you brought a little bit more known entity to us but even then it's it's known to you and i but i feel like in the grand scheme of kanye west 808s and heartbreak is not super well known okay let me rephrase that because heartless was heartless was super one of on the radio but I feel like when you're talking about like Kanye West projects, this is very non-discussed or underrated. But that's also from me. It is a different sound, as we were saying. It's more R&B. It's more um, auto-tuned for his voice. It's more... A lot of melancholy, like relationship yes. heartbreak stuff. Because it's about the time when he broke up with his fiance prior to Amber Rose. And so he's going through and processing a lot of stuff. And I think that this was also around the time that his mom passed away, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't know for certain on that, but I think it was after that. And it's just kind of the, this album, if people want like a brief hip hop synopsis of like the last 15 years, this album really set the stage for artists like Lil Drake. Wayne, Drake, Kid Cudi, 
to do like experimental stuff. So they don't feel boxed into this thing. Like this album was made for Kid Cudi and he's on a few tracks doing his humming and doing his other things on that. It's and <laughs> he goes like, mm-hmm. hold on, my, my mom's here. You can hear my dog. Rory sounds like a, a squeak toy. <laughs> I don't know where we left off before my dog rudely interrupted us, but I think I was talking about uh, Kid Cudi's humming on were. 808s were and Heartbreak. Talking. Yeah. And I th- like that whole ambiance of 808s and Heartbreak kind of set the stage for, like you said, artists like Drake, Kid Cudi to kind of go into rapping about emotions and stuff because up until that time, it was not really done all that often, I don't think. And even with that experimental sound where it's just heavy into, like you were saying, the melancholy feeling, sorrow, sadness kind of atmosphere for those songs. And there's a lot of tracks like Streetlights is probably top three Kanye West songs. I love it a lot. And Welcome to Heartbreak is good. I mean, you have Heartless and Love Lockdown, which are very good. And they're frequently on the radio. I never listened to Pinocchio Story, which is kind of the bonus track at the end. That's like a piano thing because it's live and you can't really hear it all that well. So I kind of avoid that, but I remember when Amazing was on, it was the song of the playoffs for the NBA yep. back in like 2009 or something. Uh, Paranoid is good. All Paranoid's phenomenal. See you in my nightmares. All of that stuff is good. And it's just very good. I enjoyed a lot. I hope that people listen to it. If not, uh, no hard feelings, but I think that it was very enjoyable. You want to hear a review? Because again, you said that this set the stage. This was a departure from his previous sounds. Right, a lot of soulful, like almost traditional hip hop yeah. sounding, and then he does this auto tuned electric, emotional experiment, and not everybody loved it. So I just found a Metacritic review <laughs> from All Music. I don't know what website this is, but it says, um, "For anyone sifting through a broken relationship and self letdown, this could all be therapeutic." So positive so far. Otherwise, no matter its commendable fearlessness. This album is a listless, bleary trudge along West <laughs> permafrost. Wow. That's kind of beautifully written, but also, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, that resonated with me, that album, a lot. Like the first half of, half of that review because, you know, high school angst. I'm in love with a girl who doesn't love me back. Blah, blah, high blah, school, like, you were, you, we were in middle school when this came out. This was like eighth grade, I think, right? Yeah, but like I would listen to it while playing Saints Row 2 on the Xbox okay. 360 and just you. listen to it and be in my feelings because the girl I liked who had a boyfriend didn't like me back and I would just be very sad. Yeah, the boyfriend didn't like you either. Yeah, that's true, probably. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that's how it says like a nostalgic feeling. Like I'd rate it five out of five stars if it was a letterbox review. <laughs> I would give it a very high review. I'd probably give it like a four, four and a half out of five. Yeah. It's really good. I like it a lot. Streetlights grew on me so much. I think there should be an app for hip hop or like not just hip hop, but like music oh, albums music. that are like letterbox. So it's like called music boxed or something. I I can't explain how much I appreciate you bringing letterbox into my life because it was only really- brought into my life because Lindsay made me download it so that she could have somebody to follow her, like two people to follow her or something. So it's kind of changed the way that I consume movies. Me too. It has changed how I watch them. I used to be like heavily, not like heavily, but I'd used to like scroll my phone sometimes when watching a movie. Now I don't like it. It makes me focus on things in the movie to like write about them. And it also introduces you. It does for me, at least it introduces me into other movies i'm interested in it makes me want to try to explore new things because as comfortable as it is to watch super bad and the dark knight again and again and again <laughs> you know seeing all these other things on hbo max that i've heard for many years like maltese falcon is a legendary movie and i just watched it the other day 
largely so I could record what I thought in Letterbox. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Like I watched He's All That to see if I could record it on Letterbox. Is that the remake with the TikTok girl? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the remix of She's All That with Addison Ray, who's like some TikTok celebrity internet influencer. I hate that word. It was god awful. It was not good at all in any sort of way. I wanted to watch it so I could laugh at it. But even mm-hmm. then, I wasn't like I wanted to laugh at it in a bad way. Like, ha, oh, this movie's so bad. But uh, the 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 male actor in it kind of looks like Sebastian Stan a little bit. So I was getting those vibes from He's it. He's from Cobra Kai. Yeah, but other than that, it was not good. I don't how, want to ever watch it again. How did it compare to the Kissing Booth movies? Kissing, I'd take Kissing Booth over it. All right, Kissing Booth two. I'd still take Kissing Booth two over. Whoa, it. that's a really really bad movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's not great. Rough look for her. She's still making like a quarter of a million dollars a week by posting. 20 second videos yeah she is and i'm jealous so who's laughing what, who's what laughing? are you what are you recommending this week upcoming week so again we don't have and i realize we're only four weeks away from the conclusion of this pod but we don't have a list of the things we were re- recommended sorry i don't know what that was about recommended <laughs> in the past uh so forgive me if i've already done this one but mine is the 2009 mixtape from canadian artist drake You've so far this. gone. Yeah, you've not done this. This lines up really well with 808s and Heartbreak because this came out after or around the same time. Yeah. Oh, and it's it, 808s is all over this. Yeah, and it has Kanye has a song called Say You Will on his 808s and Heartbreak and Drake has a remix on So Far Gone, I think, on this release. He, uh, he does. I don't know if it's on. I'm looking at the Spotify one, which if you've never listened to the mixtape, honestly, look for like that piff. I know it's sketchy, but look for like a non-Spotify version because there's something <laughs> that are not here that I think yeah. were on the original one because of licensing. But yeah, this album for me, I think was kind of like you dealing with heartbreak from uh, a girl in like middle school or high school. So far gone is like very much in that vein. Like yeah. the, the album cover for it is like hearts coming down. It's which... 808s had a heart on the cover, so I'm, I'm realizing now that it's even more interconnected. But this has a just a really good sound. I love the sound in this. It sounds um, very cold. I don't know how to explain it, but very cold. Like I, this is a winter album for me, or like a late fall album for me. I feel you. I agree with you. There, a lot of Drake stuff is fall heavy. Stuff. Lust for Life, Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, successful. Houston Atlanta Vegas is a very underrated song in the grand scheme of everything. I know I th- I'm thrown around on like underrated, unappreciated a lot just because the I calm. there's a lot of songs that I want people to listen to more, and that's one of them. Brand new Black Hearts on My Cardigan. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, just I could go on and on about this mixtape, and I'm just going to listen to it again and again this week. So this, my, is, this is me feeding myself. I wanted to listen yeah. to it. I'm assigning it to myself. You're being selfish. Would my recommendation is going to boost the morale, and I'm going to do Doo-Wops and Hooligans by Bruno Mars. I'm getting some uh, Bruno Mars love in here. Is this with Billionaire with uh, Trevor McCoy? Yep. And it has Marry You and a bunch of the other hits. This was back in October of 2010, I think. Good times. Good times. And it is probably going to be a fun listen to. It's kind of like the nostalgic feeling, but it's yeah. also just a good album. Like this is like beginning debut Bruno Mars and it has Marry You, Just the Way You Are, just The Lazy the Song. Are, yeah grenade talking to the moon wow wait that's all on his on this yeah, album on his debut album that's, that's huge. all on his debut album runaway that's baby 
Oh, I thought Orthodox Jukebox had those songs. Wow. Nope. Okay. That's his debut album, which is a pretty, pretty strong. He is an incredible debut. performer. I think when people make lists of the biggest artists of our generation, they probably talk about Taylor Swift. I talk about Drake, who, if you're going strictly on record sales and downloads and everything, like it's hard to dispute those two. But if you but want to see them in a show. I think if you're looking strictly as an entertainer, I, I think it's hard to beat Bruno Mars. Yeah. The only Chris Brown's probably up there too for like, yeah. like um, pre like his recent music. Like if you saw him for all the way up to like the, the, <laughs> the album that has wet the bed or whatever that song is. Uh, fame. 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 It was yeah. probably a very good show when he did like the Michael Jackson tribute at MTV music awards is very fantastic, but also yep. he sucks. So yep. that's all I'm going to give him for time on here. Uh, but yeah, Bruno Mars is probably his uh, Super Bowl performance is very, very entertaining. Yeah. I think that also Lady Gaga would be up there for a great performer to see in person. Harry Styles is probably very, very good. Um, yeah. Well, Nas X probably puts on a good show. I don't know if he's toured yet because he kind of blew up during COVID-19. So I don't know if he ever did shows, but I'm sure that he puts on quite a show. Stuff like that. I don't know where that tangent came from. I agree. Bruno Mars is probably a great in-person performer. My dad's seen him a few times and loved him. I saw him in Grand Rapids uh, 2014 or 2015. It was after the Super Bowl. And yeah, awesome. amazing performer. Amazing performer. Uh, so with that, what's your love it? What do you love it about? My love it. I'm going to tell you right now while I bring it up. So my love it and my hate it's kind of involve food. Mm-hmm. I'm just being straightforward. I want to say that I love cookie cake. Yesterday at said surprise party, we had some cookie cake there. And I don't know if you agree or not. I kind of side with retail stores having the best bakeries. Sam's Club has a great bakery. Meyer has a great bakery. The cookie cake was from Sam's Club. And it was just heavenly, heavenly. It was one cookie layer mm-hmm. frosting, okay. then another cookie layer. And then yeah. like the design that said, happy birthday, Kelsey on it. Oof. It was so, so, so tasty. That, that does sound really, really good. That yeah. sounds excellent. Did you chase it down with some Mountain Dew? No, I chased it down with some water. <laughs> there you go. You know me. Uh, sixth grade us would have chased it down with Mountain Dew. Yeah, and then polished it off. We would have probably crumbled up nacho cheese Doritos on it. Yeah. And then ate it like that and then chugged some Mountain Dew. Do you remember then- the time where we took a trip to Meyer in the summer and we got... We thought we were going to make floats. Yes. Like ice cream soda floats and we got... We didn't do root beer. We did like cherry Coke. Yes. And funfetti <laughs> yeah. ice cream. And it was atrocious. Yeah. That was, we felt like 10. <laughs> yeah. We were young little lads we making just... trips to the grocery store on our own. Yeah. Cause we lived right. I live, we, well, we both kind of lived right across. I also remember us walking from your house to Tim Hortons and back. We did. Yeah. We definitely we did, did that. that. A few we, times. we did that one time when we were brainstorming or writing the script to an yes. English class video. <laughs> uh we we had a conclusion can i from the conclusion can i post those make them public they're already on my youtube channel but they're private the whole videos i have all the videos uploaded to my private youtube channel i've got a you know i may have a family someday (laughs) i don't like i have a career that i have to we did julius caesar (laughs) beowulf and a musical toast in there yeah and i have uh, the copy of all of them uploaded yeah the the musical toast was part of the canterbury tales i think so Uh, 
rough, rough. If time. you if you ever <laughs> run for public office, I'm ruining your chances with those. You're videos. the one who wanted to run for president in 2032, which yeah. I should remind you is 11 years away. Oh my gosh, I need to start planning. What's your platform? What do you think about? What are you going to do with crypto? What's your What's your monetary policy, Steve? Um, I'm going to make my monetary policy into cookie cake. So mm, one mm-hmm. slice of cookie cake equals one U.S. dollar. Okay. And so you just need a bunch of cookie cake. What I'm going to do with crypto is (laughs) I'm going to make it kind of like what El Salvador did and make Bitcoin national currency. Mm. I'm doing that with Bitcoin in the United States. Interesting. That national currency. Okay. Uh, It's working out well for El Salvador. I don't know if you know, but they're in economic turmoil right now. So (laughs) not great. I mean, uh, I listened to a podcast about it. And what's so interesting is that there's still like a good amount of the country that doesn't have mobile phones or internet. And so when journalists were like, going to villages and being like, how do you guys feel about Bitcoin as the new currency? They're like, what's Bitcoin? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to do that in the United States. It go very well. Okay, I hate so it cookie, though. Cookie, cookie cake yeah. is good, but you hate it here because? As we're talking about El Salvador, nobody having, <laughs> this is going to be very tone deaf. I wanted to talk about how much I dislike food delivery services. Okay. So uh, Tanner, Tanner is DoorDash and we DoorDash some food and I ordered a slice of chocolate cake. And so we got our food. And I didn't get the chocolate cake in there. And I was very bummed. And I was disappointed. You know, I spent a good amount of money on the chocolate cake. It was $7 for a slice. Thought it was going to be awesome to taste. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to get some ice cream. So I asked Tanner, like, what kind of ice cream places deliver? And he said, oh, we can get some Ben & Jerry's from this place. So he ordered fish food from Ben & Jerry's. I ordered Mm. milk and cookies. And we get the order. And it's two fish foods and not my milk and cookies. So I got, I was over two. So you, for you, you've resigned to never tipping a delivery person. <laughs> no, I always tip um, well, but yeah, so they I just kind of like wasn't a good experience. And so I just said my, my, my comment in our doc says super first world problem of food delivery. That's all it says. And so that's all I had to say. I mean, I like having the ability to have food delivery and everything yeah. like that and the accessibility because up in the Bay City area, like you get Wendy's as your choice, <laughs> like McDonald's, whereas down there you can, there's like 15 different cuisines you can pick from. And then there's a bunch of different restaurants for that. Yeah. And I love it because Tanner has it. So I just mooch off of him and have my order come from if him. You can, but if you can mooch off somebody who doesn't blink an eye at spending <laughs> an extra $10, like I've used Uber Eats once or twice. And yeah, I had my order messed up as well. Um, I got a milkshake. They didn't give me a straw. Ooh. Uh, so I had to use a spoon which instead, is which right, is not I ideal. Guess. It's not ideal. Uh, one time I ordered Wendy's and they, they, they got me the wrong sandwich. Uh, they didn't give me nugs one time, which if you're getting Wendy's and you're, you have to get the nugs. You do. Uh, you don't get Wendy's and not get the nugs. But the thing. Okay. So messed up orders aside. The fact that I paid $18 for just nuggets and a burger from Wendy's <laughs> was $18. Yeah, that's... And there's people that order through Uber Eats all the time. Like that's insanity. Like instead of avocado toast, right? That's what a lot of older people say like is a problem with millennial spending and young people spending is a whole avocado toast. Well, one, rent's super expensive for a lot of us, but also these food delivery services are not... Not worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, so that's why if it's offered to me, I'm going to take it. But if I'm on my own, I'm making food or I'm going to get it myself. And that's the risk that you take is that they could miss an order. So there's, you know, costs 
pros and cons to it. And that was just a con because it happened twice in one day, which I think is a little strange, but, um, so whoever is the food delivery people, I'm sorry for my behaviors. If I did something, to mad. um, just, I, you know, I like that you brought up food and I'm going to continue with my first love, which is if you look at my background, it is fall here <laughs> in Morristown, New Jersey. This is not actually what it looks like currently, but there are these fold. You're actually but, just sitting in a sidewalk in the middle of it, and people are just walking around she, you. This woman has been standing still for 28 minutes. She's good. Yeah. she's. Uh, this is a mime training <laughs> facility. Uh, but I wanted to bring up fall snacks and drinks. I'm going to give you a list, Stephen, and I want us to talk a little bit about how we would rank these from best to worst, okay? All right, I'm in. All right, here's a list. Apple cider. Donuts. Specifically like apple fritter fall donuts. Yeah. Halloween Pillsbury cookies. I'm talking you buy them, you just take them out, you put them on the sheet, that's it. You're not mixing ingredients. It's all pre-made for you. So you actually eat the, you don't eat the cookie dough. Do you eat cookie dough? I, I, I've eaten cookie dough, yeah, yeah. Have you had the, the Pillsbury cookie dough? Like the Halloween stuff? No, like really? Dude, just... oh my gosh. My mom is very, very bad with this. Are we talking she... about like the same thing, like the flat thing and you just yeah, it's like circular it. and it has like a, a pumpkin on it yeah and you just pop it. yeah the cookie dough for that is so good my mom is so notoriously bad at this every time we're making cookies or something she'll eat the batter and it's just passed along to me and you know sometimes we just buy that just to eat the cookie dough uncooked fascinating okay it's I've very tasty cookie dough but i only do it when somebody when it's like an egg-based cookie because i want the risk of salmonella yeah same here and it makes um, me feel cool because i'm living on the edge Anyway, so do you, you do have the Halloween Pillsbury cookies. Yes. This is iffy, but I think we're nearing hot cocoa season. I yeah. think hot cocoa is like a fall. It's definitely a winter, yeah. but I think you can get like it can get cold enough in the fall where you want that. Shout out to Homecoming Court when we were at the St. Patrick's Day Parade and it was freezing cold. So we all wanted hot chocolate and I spilled it all over myself and my sash. Uh, that was one of the coldest experiences of my life. Yeah, it was like, awful. I, I think I lost feeling like nerves in my foot because of that day it was an awful experience so all if you, around if you're on homecoming court prepare to suffer just get off uh pumpkin spice latte easy pumpkin bread caramel 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 apples i say caramel i say caramel as well that's what i answered on the new york times thing that you yeah. said to us as well which i realize now devil's night is the reason why we all got michigan because if yes. you look at the map michigan and like parts of uh, Ontario, Canada are the only areas where we say devil's night. I feel you. Uh, maple candies. Okay. Candy corn. I got some thoughts on candy corn. And lastly, pumpkin seeds. Okay. So, all right. I think we'll just pair them up. Do you want to do pairing them up? I, I didn't make a bracket for this. I don't yeah. know how to seed it. Um, I got to say I loved candy corn as a kid. And as an adult, I don't like it very much. Okay, but if it's candy corn versus pumpkin seeds, candy corn, candy corn. All right, maple candies versus caramel apples, caramel apples. Uh, that's tough. I would say okay, we're gonna stick with caramel apples then. Okay. Caramel apples. All right, so uh, pumpkin bread versus pumpkin spice latte. Pumpkin bread. I'm gonna have to disagree with you. I think pumpkin spice lattes are good. I think I like banana bread more than pumpkin bread. Cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just the complete dismissiveness. Just, <laughs> I don't like either, so I was just going with pumpkin bread, hot cocoa, or Pillsbury cookies. Pillsbury cookies, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah, yeah. And then you. cider versus donuts, donuts, cider, 
Ooh. We're not talking like just like donuts in general. Like there's definitely a specific fall donut. Yeah. Like a, a cinnamon sugar donut that you get at like a cinnamon thing sugar, yeah. or like the apple donuts with the frosting and the sprinkles at Johnson's pumpkin yep. farm. Yeah. Yep. Those are the goat. I still would take cider over them. Cause you can say, have you ever had a cider slushy or cider? Like a yes, hot cider. So good. Really, really good dude. Kind of versatile. Yeah. So, all right. Why, I don't know why we paired them up because I realized. We yeah, now we're having an odd number. Well, okay, so I'm picking donuts as my winner. Your donuts is number one. My yes. number one is going to be. We'll, we'll do our top three. My top three donuts, yeah. Pillsbury cookies and cider. That's, re- that's a really good top three. Thank you. I think the only thing I would do is I might drop the donuts for the caramel apples. Okay, that's fair. I respect that's that. That's what I'm doing. So my top three are. Pillsbury donut, Pillsbury cookies, uh, apple cider, and the caramel apples. Okay, cool. Three, three. So if you love those foods, what do you hate? Uh, I hate anybody who disagrees with that list. <laughs> no, but uh, Stephen, would you be interested in knowing the music that Vladimir Putin listens to? I could not care less about what Vladimir Putin does with this day. What about, do you want to know what world leaders and famous people, what they've been listening to? on the pandora music app Mm, not particularly okay well you're going to be you would have been disappointed if you did because i want to talk about something called the pandora papers nice there which when you look at the head (laughs) when you look at the headline i was like oh we're going to find out what these world leaders have been uh listening to on this um is that a defunct app does anybody use pandora if you if you use pandora please write in and tell us why uh one why into how are you how are you communicating to us? Because I'm assuming you're you're using like an iPod touch from 2013. <laughs> Who uses Pandora nowadays? Anyways, the Pandora Papers. Steven, do you know anything about this? Uh, I've heard a few things about Pandora Papers that it's kind of documents were leaked or investigative reporters, kind of like similar to like the Panama Papers a few years ago, which yep. should should have been like a huge yeah. huge huge ordeal and just kind of when you're in power you can kind of brush things aside kind of like the panama papers i think yep. uh, i don't know much about it but i think it's like a bunch of high power people kind of had some documents leak about some probably yeah. corruption and stuff and probably nothing's going to happen to it because we live in a stupid world here's the background okay so you brought up the panama papers yes so the panama papers in 2016 were linked by this organization called the international consortium of investigative journalists okay it's a group of several hundred journalists based around the world who work together to try to expose bad stuff globally. Yeah. And so besides panel papers in 2016, the ICIJ also exposed uh, cables, like messages, that proved China's mass surveillance and internment camps of the Uyghurs, which are a Muslim minority within China, in 2019. So that's two big things that the ICIJ has already been involved with so their most recent thing just broke like a week ago today like october 3rd or 4th i think is when it broke but they broke what's called the pandora papers which again is not a playlist of world leaders but instead it is 12 million documents revealing hidden wealth tax avoidance and in some cases money laundering by the world's rich and powerful quick quick survey Stephen. how do you feel about this are you are you pro pandora papers do you like that the rich are doing this 
I like that they got exposed and I like, like that there's attention being brought to it. And I hope that there's actual ramifications for their actions, even though I know that there won't be because I'm cynical about all these leaks and everything because nothing happened with Panama Papers. So if nothing happened with the Panama Papers, why would anything happen now? Nothing's happened with China and them literally getting all of these Muslims into camps and torturing them and killing them and nothing's been happening. So I maybe it's pessimistic about that, but I don't mm-hmm. foresee anything happening. So while I do like that it's exposed, I I don't think anything's going to happen to it. So that's kind of a very defeatist feeling I have about it. Uh, I don't like, I don't like that the people are doing this. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're, you're anti-corruption, a, <laughs> yeah, a bold stance from Stephen yeah. on the, I love it here. I hate your podcast. Yeah. Shocking. Given my previous comments about politics, some more info on this in case you don't feel bad enough. There's estimated to be 330 politicians from 90 countries across the world, including 35 current and former heads of state. So we're talking prime ministers. We're talking about presidents, yeah. about dictators, uh, including the Qatari ruling family. Uh, they've skipped out on millions of taxes, millions nice. of pounds of taxes in the UK by using offshore companies. Shell company is a really fun thing to learn about. Uh, Kenyan president Uhuru Kenyatta, his family secretly had $30 million in stocks and bonds that they were skipping out on taxes for wow. decades. That's a lot fun of money. stuff, especially when you live in a country like Kenya where they could really use that tax money to fund developmental projects, right? That'd be yeah. cool. That'd be it cool. Would be very cool. Uh, so, have you heard of Bermuda? I have the Bermuda Triangle. What if I told you that instead of Amelia Earhart and vehicles getting lost, that the most famous thing that people should know about getting lost there is money? Not lost, but just undercover. Like laundered. Laundered, yes. Yeah. So, rich people do this thing where they'll set up a shell company. Now, I imagine when we're recording this and editing it, I'm just going to put like piano music over here because nobody actually <laughs> wants to listen what how shell companies work. And so I'm just not even going to go into that. But essentially, shell companies are just a way for rich people to avoid paying taxes on stuff. Yeah, of course. And there are estimates that uh, range from $5.6 trillion to $32 trillion. That's how much money is hidden overseas into these tax havens. Holy shmo. $5.6 is the low mark up to $32 trillion. So we're <laughs> talking insane. like- Many multiples of countries' GDP. Yeah, uh, that's madness. Yeah. And the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, said the use of tax havens could cost governments worldwide up to $600 billion in taxes each year. <laughs> $600 billion that could be used to fund developmental projects like roads, broadband internet, uh, you know, uh, feed malnourished communities, um, just... Just everything. Just think about healthcare. You could fund an entire country's healthcare with like a tenth of that amount. So but this is where I'd say something like, "Yeah, we should tax the rich," but this is how they're avoiding paying exactly. taxes and stuff. So you can't exactly. even throw some buzz phrase liberal thing about taxes. The rich Six hundred because... billion dollars per year. That's so. Yeah. Man. So I hate. That's why I hate it here is the fact that the Pandora Papers came out. What I would love it. This would become a love it here if, to your earlier point, Stephen, something was done about it. Yeah, and it's. Very defeatist because you know that this probably isn't, this is maybe more than the tip of the iceberg, but this stuff is happening probably at the local level in the United States. And that's just one country, let alone all the other places that this is probably happening to. And it's just very defeatist that things like this happen and that money is being taken away from communities that could benefit from it. Like you were saying, kind of like Kenya itself could really benefit from all of the taxes for that $30 million because they're a very poverty stricken country. And they could probably benefit from using that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's 
it's sad currently, but I am I am also, I guess, cynical that anything's going to happen about it. Uh, but you know, I'm hopeful. I'm just I'm just I'm glad that it came out though. I'm glad that we can always like point to this and you know hopefully some action could come from it though you i know? agree yeah i agree so um i'm just gonna segue from that unless you want to no, say more no, about it i mean I, it's I, very i know that we did the panama papers and the pandora papers and we're probably gonna have like the what's another p word the pizza papers in pizza like five papers, years from now and it's probably gonna be some more of the same and yeah. we're just gonna get mad about it for 24 hours or two weeks and then nothing's going to happen because you can't hold people accountable for the actions, especially when they're higher power and they have positions of authority because they can just pay to sweep things under the rug and the authority powers that can actually prosecute them are probably paid off by them as well. So there's no point in doing anything. There's no point in voting or there's no point in doing surviving or thinking that anything's going to change because it's all just bad. You should probably still vote. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was very dramatic. Uh, Do you have anything that you you want to touch on a hate or a love first? I want to touch on a hate. And what I hate is how your place of employment can control the climate of where you're working. What do you mean? Like your your office makes it rain? No. That's also another Harry Potter thing. You know, Uh, when they're doing the the polyjuice potion and they got to fix the guys. They're in... um, Oh, crap. What's it called? I just watched the movies and already forgot. They're in like the the headquarters, um, the ministry... Of, of magic. magic and the one guy has his office raining so ron's character he's like you have to stop my office from raining and then the office is raining it's more described in the books because the movies took out a lot from the books but regardless uh no but just like being super cold like my office at ou i there's yeah. no thermostat to change the the, the cool air wait, 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 so. can you say that again what thermostat there's no thermostat <laughs> there's no thermostat <laughs> to change the temperature so i'm freezing yeah. in there i go to wildfire i'm freezing in there and i'm just freezing everywhere and that's my hate it because i don't like being cold and i like wearing short sleeves so maybe it's my own fault because i don't dress um accordingly my office is also consistently cold so my company we don't really have control over the ac because it's more of like a building-wide thing that this management does right and my company only has one of the floors, so we don't have control over the AC really. Uh, as a, they gave us, like, they gave us Christmas gifts or holiday gifts every year, and they gave us blankets. <laughs> they time. know, they know because what's going they on. know. So many people complain about how cold it gets in there. Do you they think know. that? Do you subscribe to the idea that companies do this because they don't want people to get sleepy at work? Ooh, that's smart, actually. Probably. You know, knowing corporations and capitalism and everything as we I go think, back into the Pandora Papers. I think there's I think there's studies that say that you're less likely to like be tired and fall asleep if you're cold. Um, I guess that makes sense because you're busy shivering. <laughs> so that's cool. I love yeah. it here though. More food. I love it here. I don't know if you have like a Sam's Club or Costco membership, but my mom one time bought these snacks and she just bought them again for when I returned home for this weekend. They're Samores snack mix which has marshmallows covered in chocolate and graham cracker covered in chocolate. And it's like a trail mix, checks mix thing in the same bag. You just grab a handful and you don't know what you're going to get. And you pop it in your mouth and it's chocolatey, graham crackery, marshmallowy goodness. You just grab with your hand, you put it in your mouth. You don't know what's going to come next. Yeah, exactly. It could be a snake. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) You're reaching the bag and it's a snake. You're like, ah, it's a snake. (laughs) Uh, No, I, I haven't had these, but what do you like so much about them? I just like the taste. I like how it's the trouble of making a s'more without actually having to make them s'more. When's the last time you made a s'more in the microwave? Uh, in the microwave? Yes. 
a long time ago. Well, when you put the marshmallow in the microwave, that thing expands like crazy. Yeah, it does. I was going to say last time I had some more was with you at the beginning of summer. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. At, and that yep. was the last time I had that. And then I haven't had one in the microwave probably in a few years, at least. Probably when I was still in college at Saginaw Valley. That's kind of a struggle. That's like a sign of struggle if you're making some more in the microwave. Yeah. Yeah. Or you live in a city because people that live in cities don't have yards and grills and and bonfires. Man, I I live with, you know, I work with people who are older than me and you. They're like their late, late 20s and early 30s. And they're just renting apartments in, you know, New York City, which is a great place to live for certain lifestyles. But they talk about the fact that they're never going to own homes. And I just kind of get sad thinking they're never going to, if they have kids, they're never going to have a yard to play in. They can go to public parks, which are great. Yeah. Like there's some Madison Square Park, Central Park. There's some great parks. But the fact that a kid can never just, you know, camp out in the backyard. I feel like I would not want to have kids unless they could have a yard. Have you met a kid who grew up in a city like that who didn't have a yard? No. They, they're like different. They're different people than you and me. Interesting. They, talk, they talk super fast. They probably know another language, but they don't know anything about being outside. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, we, I got, I spilled ink all on my, my mattress, yeah. on my, on my comforter. So I got to, I got to clean up because <laughs> I, my pen started leaking for our notes and I don't know how that happened, but you know, we're just out here. Uh, got some pen ink stains on my sheets. So I'm, I'm so I guess very can, excited we, about that. We can just wrap it up then if you want. I, mean, yeah, I need to go had- perform emergency surgery on my comforter. Uh, okay. So with that, this is the end of episode 48 of the I Love It Here, I Hate It Here podcast. As a reminder, uh, we are winding down the pod. So if you'd like to hop on even for five to 10 minutes, uh, you're more than welcome to, you can just shoot an email to, I love it here. I hate it here at gmail.com. Uh, you know, we're also on Instagram at I love it here. I hate it here. And be sure to follow and subscribe. I get maybe not at this point. Why? Why? Why would they subscribe if we're not going to post anything else? Yeah, I mean, you can subscribe if you want to have. Like, I feel like our listenership is very much the same people at this point, so they're probably yeah. already subscribed. Uh, if you want to send us questions, I mean, kind of said, "I love you here, hater." Gmail.com. That was <laughs> very slurred together. <laughs> but uh, you can follow us on Twitter if you want. Don't follow us on Twitter. I'm not tweeting anymore. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, which is where we post sometimes. Instagram is probably where we're the most active. So if you want to check it out, cool. Uh, I think we're going to have a special guest for one of these upcoming episodes. I think my, I'm going to convince my mom to join us, and that could be fun. So that's that. If you guys have any questions or if you really don't want us to leave, let us know. And peace and love. Get out there. <laughs> <laughs>